Ladies and gentlemen, they're a band we've all come to love up here in Canada. Here to talk about their seventh studio record called The Wanderer. That's available now, by the way. Please welcome Colin and John Angus from The Trues. How's it going, guys? Good, man. How are you? It's going good, thank, man. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, meet me for coffee. Uh, we talk about coffee and the art of conversation with music and whatever. How do you take your coffee, John Angus? Uh, I'm a uh, two milk, no sugar. I go for Americano if I can, but at home I just brew a big old Chemex and chip away at it all day. What about Colin? I'm just black. I um, either a venti pike, just black, or I just I, I'm, I really like instant coffee. Actually, I'm not too much. I mean, I like a good Americano, but um, yeah, I just always take it black. Yeah, same here, man. Uh, the Americano is where it's at. I do double espresso. I just got hooked on this uh, um, this whiskey called Cavi Whiskey. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's like a cold brew whiskey. Found it at the LCBO. And for those of you listening around North America and around the world, uh, it's like a cold brew whiskey. And we have a store here in Ontario, Canada, where it's like only you can only get your booze from that store. It's called the LCBO. Uh, we're here to talk about The Wanderer. Uh, had a chance to check it out. Man, honestly, I think as a, a musician myself, I love the guitar-driven songs. And I, I can see that this is different from all the other records. And this is more um, a guitar record. And you're not afraid to get all greasy at those riffs. And um, it just sounds so good. I think this is actually the best one yet. Um, but it has come a long way. From 2019, you guys were originally... Had recording with Rich Robinson out of, from the Black Crows in Nashville. That had to stop. So let's begin the sto- story there and let's work up to today. Yeah, um, we, uh, we started the record in December in Nashville, Tennessee at a studio called The Tracking Room um, with Rich Robinson producing. Um, we know we've been friends with uh, Rich for a really long time. He came up to Canada to open some shows for us. And uh, John Angus and I went down to the States and opened for his solo band, um, the Magpie Salute. Um, and we've always wanted to work with him. He's a super talented guy, obviously. And um, yeah, we, we kind of started out uh, with this record, like obviously not knowing what was going to come in 2020. But uh, yeah, we had three songs done by, by Christmas time of 2019. And that sort of was the beginning of the record. And we were supposed to go back down to Nashville to do a few more songs with him in March, late March of 2020. But we all know what happened then so it kind of threw the plans uh, out the window and um the rest of the record kind of uh was done in in um you know it was done piecemeal and in between uh you know lockdowns and and stay-at-home orders and we did a lot of writing over zoom and you know we kind of tried to keep it going and adapt to the chaos that we were kind of thrust into and um we ended up back in the studio in August of 2020 with Derek Hoffman, who produced our album Civilian Airs, and we did three songs with him at Chikasa uh, during a time when the COVID numbers were down and we could get together in small groups to record. And then um, we went back and wrote some more, and and then we finished the record off with Eric Ratz, uh, famous Canadian producer Eric Ratz, uh, in November, December of 2020, um, and that's how the record kind of came about. Yeah, the only, the only thing I'll add is like a uh, by way of backstory, like the way you set it up, George, about it being kind of like a a live, uh, greasy, riffy rock record is, uh, you know, that was sort of the intention uh, from the very onset was to try to be a little more live off the floor and a little more guitar driven just because of uh, we sort of naturally backlash what we last did, you know, and I think Civilian Airs was a real departure for us and it. 
and it really did a lot of great things and it had a lot of good songs but i feel like we it was very much created in the box you know it was very much a creation of most of us sat on a couch and one guy stepped to the boot uh, to the to the to the console and did their part one at a time. And then the producer toyed with it. And so everybody else sat on the couch. We just didn't want to sit on the couch. We wanted to get out on the floor and play live together. And um, everybody that we worked with, whether it was Rich, Derek, or Eric, we sort of insisted that they conform to that sort of uh, mindset, uh, which for Rich was totally natural. For Derek, it was a bit outside of his comfort zone. And Eric is sort of used to it too. So that's that's the sort of cohesion that you get through working with those three different producers is like it was all tracked live off the floor of the band playing together and, and writing a lot of riff heavy music yeah and we're up to today which the album release today it says the 19th of november tomorrow you're on tour uh in your home province of halifax um you know, you're, you guys are in the hammer right now, but it must feel good to start things over again and get back on the stage or look forward to doing that once again on a, on a full-time basis for some quite time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely something that we missed. I mean, we did have a pretty busy summer, thankfully. Um, gigs kind of started to pop up here, there and everywhere. And they were kind of all over the map. Like some of them were big summer festival outdoor shows. Other ones were just like multiple nights uh, with limited capacity. So, you know, but it will be nice to get back into somewhat of a consistent um, touring cycle where we're playing like the same types of rooms and and kind of using the same uh version of the band you know so uh because we were doing stuff like three-piece acoustic and you know five-piece and four-piece and that will be you know the regular true show it was it was a summer of of pivoting the the, the catchword yeah. of 2022 and 2021 just trying to be really flexible with with how we can what kind of rooms we can play and the, the last thing we ever want to do is to fully give up playing because it's more than more than just a source of income for us or a source of like popularity it's like it's kind of like a a whole lifestyle you know it's like it's a way of staying sane and it's 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 a hobby and then some you know you know this is such a story the band the the, where you guys came from you guys played the rock search back in uh in in saint catharines where many other bands have been obviously they've won and they've, they've gone far like the glorious sons and um you know up to now um, seven studio records it, it must really mean something to you to, to still be together and going strong right yeah i mean it's uh, yeah we've we've always been all in right from day one you know and we just never really took our foot off the gas you know even when the pandemic hit we just it was just our survival instincts to kind of adapt immediately and start doing live streams it's it wasn't uh there was never really a backup plan you know so we just kind of had to survive any way we could and and luckily you know it's music and we love it and we love writing it and singing it and playing it so it's not like that part's not hard you know it's just trying to figure out ways to keep moving forward that has definitely been challenging over the last uh two years but um i think it's just been the instinct to keep making music and, and pushing forward and, and pushing ourselves and trying to be better. You know, we still feel like we could write better songs. We still feel like we can be better players. You know, it, that never ends for, for me, you know, it's constantly trying to improve yourself and, and get better at your craft and, and, um, you know, try to measure up to the greats. And that's been our drive ever since, you know, absolutely. Um, you guys have a song to play a few songs to play tonight. Um, this is pretty cool. The True's Live. Uh, what song are you going to play first off the new record? Uh, we'll do a song called I Want to Play. I want to get on a train in a global pandemic. 
Thank you so much. That was awesome. Uh, I want to play off the newest record, The Wander by the Trues. Uh, there were a few songs on that on this new record that 
don't have a click track, how you guys are were recording it. Uh, what was the decision behind that to go with almost just like an open floor instead of having that guidance as you are producing the record? Well, I, I just think that those kinds of things like, um, you know, click track and working in the box and using effects and correcting things after they, they have, they have their place and they have their purpose, but um, maybe they become like a little bit of a crutch in modern music. And um, if you're trying to sort of match the energy and uh, spontaneity of some of the classic recordings, you know, uh, you're not going to get there adhering to a click track, you know, it's just not, uh, not that I have anything against that approach. And certainly we've used it and everybody's used it, but um I just think, especially when we were cutting with Rich, he's like, I hate click tracks. Do you guys hate click tracks? And we're like, I think I kind of hate click tracks. Like, well, let's not use one then. Okay. So all it forces you to do is just sort of marry. You got to marry to the moment. You know, you got to commit to the performance. You're not going to go back and change it. It's going to be very hard to edit anything after the fact. You can always overdub a little bit or, you know, play along to it, but you're not going to be able to control many variables afterwards. So that that is the whole thinking. And it, I think it led to some really spontaneous performances, especially the second radio single, which is a song called permission, you know, um, we're sort of racing down the hill, that whole song. And if we had been adhering to a metronome, uh, it just wouldn't have had the same urgency, you know? Um, so that, that was the thinking there. Do you think it gives it a bit more feel to be able to be almost kind of free while you're, you're recording yeah. the song? I think, um, yeah, for sure. And like, um, I think what's happening with the way people are producing records now is, you know, you got to kind of risk going off the tracks altogether in order to really get something great. And I think we're all falling into a kind of a, a safe good with everybody producing in the box. Everything's always going to be good, but it's never going to be terrible or great. And rock and roll lies somewhere between terrible and great. So you got to have those takes where the, the vocals are pitchy, the guitars are out. It's kind of wobbly. When you get that thing, then sometimes you can catch the magic. And that's kind of where our band's always excelled live because we don't play with clicks and we, it's all live and, and we're just going for moments, you know? And I think, you know, especially with Rich, we were just trying to go for moments, even at the risk of, you know, maybe not sounding pretty at certain points. So, um, and, and like Janaga said earlier, it was a concerted effort to, to do so because I think all of our favorite bands, that's where they lived, you know? in that kind of moment where, oh man, this could all fall apart. And then it gets great. You yeah. Know? If you take any classic song, you know, from, from a lot of different eras, but like anything like street fighting man, or like the lemon song by Zeppelin, none of those would hold up to the scrutiny of perfection. You know, like as far as if you, if you tried to time it, you tried to make sure every note was perfectly in tune. None of them would live up to that scrutiny, but who gives a shit? You know, it's such a weird idea that that, that something would have to be perfect. It's like uh it's a bizarre concept. And we've all fallen victim to that thinking because computers, like as soon as you can see sound on a screen, you're tempted to correct it. I mean, it's like a human instinct is you're tempted to correct it, but that's just sort of one of those things. A lot of things were gained, you know, recording got cheaper. It got more democratized where people could do it for themselves, but we lost something in that translation too. We lost like that, uh, that sort of, maybe like listening instead of looking at music, you know what I mean? Like that, that's sort of a, a big shift that's happened. I, I fully agree with you. I think it, it got easier to change what you just did. Right. Yeah, um, it's an editing Digital recording is editing software. So it gets used for that purpose. You know, it's a, uh, anyway, sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, no, it's, it's, it's all good. Uh, I just, I just meant to say things, you can change things. You can just go back. Like you were just saying, digital recording, it's, 
it's editing software, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and you guys have accidentally owned your recording skills uh, during this time as well. And I know uh, John Angus has, he, you've produced many records. Um, I worked with a band called Revive the Rose out of Welland, Ontario. Um, yeah. I, I still want to, I want to try their, their, their bar down lager. That's for sure. I, I'm going to make that one of my priorities one day. And I'm I didn't produce that. I didn't produce the beer. I'm not making beer yet. <laughs> no, I'm just saying in general. I'm just saying no, in general. No, yeah, no, they're a great little band. Producing has been a great side hobby and passion of mine as well. And going back all the way back to the Glorious Sons, in fact, you know, you mentioned the uh, the uh, Rock Search. I, I I entered them into that because I'd been I was producing them at the time. So uh, we just saw them recently, and it's always great to catch up with them. And, and yeah, of course, you know, I, I really have nothing against the modern era of recording and how records are made these days, because uh, whatever gets you there, you know, at the end of the day, that's what's important. But we've certainly kind of entered into a phase where we much prefer uh, an organic approach. Absolutely. I, I want to go back to your, your original name, your original name at One Eyed Trouser, uh, the Monty Ooh. Python, uh, the meaning of life. Uh, it was a, it's why that name? And, and how did you guys go from one-eyed trouser to trouser to the trues and what's the the basis behind your name one-eyed trouser snake was my high school band name um it, back in newfoundland like before me and janagus and jack were even got together and it was because me and my buddy jimmy barter were super into um monty python's the meaning of life and we just liked the name one-eyed trouser snake you know and um you know, and it means, you know, dick. Yeah. But, and that was funny to a bunch of prepubescent or just, or pubescent grade nines. And um, yeah, and then when me and Janangus and Jack got together in Nova Scotia in 90, like the late, mid not mid to late 90s, we wanted a band name and thought One Eyed Trouser was good without the snake on it. And there was a lot of eyed bands at the time. I mean, I don't know. And it was like, we just, it just kind of stuck. And we started doing gigs around town and we were kind of like an overnight hit, like in Annie Ganesh. We could get hundreds of people to come see our shows right away. So, and we were like just a cover band and, um, you know, the, and the band name stuck, you know, that's the way it works. And uh, then like, you know, fast forward to like 2000, we shortened it to like trouser and then we moved up to Ontario and we were about to put out our EP in 2002. And like the night before we put out the EP, we got a cease and desist order from like an acid jazz band named trouser saying we couldn't use the band name. And then Jack's mom, we were like, you know, panicking, trying to get a band name before we put the record out. And uh, Jack's, uh, our bass player, his mom called and said, you guys should call your band the Trues. That means it's the same thing as trouser, trousers. The Trues are like Scottish pants, you know. And and then once again, we put out an EP, not knowing if we were going to get to make another one as, as the Trues. And uh, kind of got popular, got signed, got a record deal, the name stayed. And that's, and then fast forward to 2021. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And we have one more song to play tonight. Uh, Ishmael and Maggie. This one takes us a bit a bit further back. Um, what's the what's the basis behind this song? What's the story behind Ishmael and Maggie? Well, it's a song that I wrote. Like I think, like we moved up to Niagara Falls in 2001, and um, kind of threw caution to the wind, and we just couldn't really get where we wanted to be in, in, in Nova Scotia. And we had stuff to learn. We had to figure out how to be like a better band and a more professional band. And um, when I was, when we moved to Niagara Falls, it really got real. We're like, oh, we don't have anything to fall back on except for this band and we were all broke. And I remember just staying home one Sunday and I wrote this chorus and I had it forever and I could never finish it. And um, 
when we were in Austin, Texas with our longtime collaborator and producer, co-writer Gordy Johnson from Big Sugar, uh, we were trying to write songs for our second record. And um, Gordy's like, well, what do you got? And I think it was like midnight on day two of our writing session. And I played him this and he's like, oh my God, that's amazing. And then we wrote the rest of it in about 15 minutes. Um, yeah. And it became Experiment Maggie, which is a song we still play every night. So we're gonna play amazing. it for you. Let's hear it. Oh uh-huh. 
Thank you guys. That was absolutely awesome. A dream come true for many people uh, watching right now. They have a new record, The Trues, available right now called The Wanderer. They are on tour tomorrow, starting off in Halifax. Uh, back on the road we are. Thank you so much, John Angus and Colin. It's been a pleasure. And I want to have the last word here. I want to tell you that you make Canadians proud with the music you make. And uh, every time you guys grace the stage, it's always an amazing time and we all feel good and we are all rooting for you. Uh, the wander available now is probably the most real and the best record you guys have ever put out. Um, Thank you very much, much, man. man. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. All right.